Digital Marketer. Welcome to today's bonus episode, The Digital Marketer Show. And today's episode is with Lisa Schultes and Mark Grass. And this one is another episode that was recorded on the TNC floor. And what's really interesting and really cool about this episode is that Lisa is actually an expert in event management. She helps people to run virtual events to be able to grow their business. And so I think you're really going to enjoy it. And we recorded a lightning round with Lisa. So stick around for that after Mark's interview. And we'll get into that right after this quick break. Hey, DM listeners, did you know that you can generate leads from Instagram without using any landing pages or websites? If you're not sure what I'm talking about, Instagram actually allows businesses and influencers to set up automations to automatically capture leads through the Instagram inbox. So this means that you can generate leads for your business all using 100% automated Instagram messages. And the good news is our friends at Bot Builders can show you exactly how to do it. They're an industry leader, and these guys have landed some of the biggest clients in the world. So if you want to learn how to use Instagram automation to generate leads, go check out their free training at botwebinar.com. They'll show you exactly how it works. You'll see a live demo and also how you can start using their pre-built templates to start going after big clients yourself. Once again, that's botwebinar.com. Lisa, welcome to the show. Thank this you. Is the Digital Marketer Podcast, and we're very happy to have you on. You were actually with us on Sunday on our Certified Partner Training Day, and your presentation there was fantastic as well. So tell us a little bit about yourself. So I started my business 12 years ago. I actually just celebrated that anniversary. Started it just on a whim, right? Needed something to do. Had three kids at home and needed something grown up to do. So started that about 12 years ago and has, I've just built it and built it and built it. Became a certified partner back in 2015, I believe. So one of the first uh, groups of certified partners with, with so Digital Marketer. Yeah, a long time ago. And about, oh gosh, about three years ago now, uh, started transitioning from a traditional agency model to a virtual and hybrid event agency model. So we really decided to niche down and specialize in events. We'd always been using them as part of our marketing plan. So we made that transition about three years ago. And then as you can imagine, 2020 hit and um, business went crazy. That's awesome. So how did you decide, like, as you were growing your agency, because you said you started 12 years ago, to finally niche down into the event space? Was it just you liked it or... It was a lot of, I liked it. Mm-hmm. Um, we were working with speakers and authors and coaches and influencers. So we were always using events for them, uh, whether it was a, you know, simple webinar or whether we were doing a three day event that we were trying to, you know, move people into a $30,000 coaching package. Right. Mm-hmm. So we had always been using events as part of it. And I loved the excitement of them. I loved the energy. I loved the craziness. And I loved that they were a bubble of time. So you would have the crazy for a bubble of time, but then you would be able to breathe a little bit and you'd move on to something different. And it was a new crazy bubble of time. And so I just really liked the energy and the flow with that and, and just the results that we could see for, you know people getting from events. Oh, that's fantastic. So before that, were you just kind of all services or was it we were an outsourced CMO, essentially. Mm. So we would provide all the marketing for our clients. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. yeah. So you probably saw a lot of the technology change over the years. Because <laughs> three years ago, I mean, even Zoom was newer, I want right. to say. 
So what was the transition or what tools have you kind of used and then adopted now that things have kind of progressed so much over the last year? Yeah, so we still use Zoom for some of our events, uh, smaller workshops, meetings, things like that. Uh, we have a couple of clients that insist on, on using MS Teams, which is fine as well. And then we have some larger platforms that we'll use. So for depending on the size of the event. So we use Pathable a lot for mm. our event platforms. We're able to really customize it and brand it oh, and make it look, you know, exactly how they want it for that particular event. We've used some other ones that are common names, you know, Cvent and and some other ones as well. So but it's been it's been really interesting over the last year watching that transition. Mm. And even with Zoom watching them come through and just develop and develop and develop. And they actually just launched their own virtual event platform. (laughs) So it's, you know, I've talked to their team and it's just really interesting because you consider that we've taken technology that was probably going to show up in probably three years or five years. And all of a sudden it showed up in three months. (laughs) And so it was just a really interesting process to watch all these companies go through. They all really struggled in terms of how many people they had on board and trying to get everything done and I know one company went from 25 employees to 100 employees in a month. That's fantastic. Because they just had to grow because of everything that was going on. That's so neat. Yeah, it's uh, that was a stressful time. I yeah. think. <laughs> For me, I was doing brand and website development at the time, and I was kind of expecting like, oh, things are going to slow down, but so many companies got money, and then it was like, okay, we're going to go get online right now. So right. that influx was just crazy. So, yeah, it changed everybody's perspective, mm-hmm. right? Even the brick and mortars all of a sudden didn't have foot traffic or they were closed. So they had to really make that transition to online very, very quickly, whether it was through a website, whether it was through events, whether it was through new branding, whatever it was, they all had to make that transition really, really quickly. Did you have to scale your staff when that happened too, or was it just a kind of gradual ramp up or... No, it was a pretty immediate. I brought a couple of people. We have a unique model that we do for our agency. So I have two uh, 1099s who Mm. work with me on a consistent basis. And then depending on the size of the event, then we'll bring in a full-scale AV company if we need to or bring on additional technicians for an event. So we have a a pool that we Mm. we pull from, um, which is great because it allows us to customize what we're doing for everybody mm-hmm. and we don't have to say well everybody has this big and you know huge package that you have to pay for because events can be expensive so we're able to, to scale it for the events um, which makes it a lot easier for us to run and in better cost savings for our clients oh that's awesome yeah so with the kind of explosion of events you talked about benefits when you did your presentation of having events i always told my clients so you always need an upcoming event just so you have something to talk about mm-hmm. <laughs> what are kind of the benefits that you would recommend to businesses that don't currently have any events going on or plan to have events even now right like why should they have the events so we always use events to grow and scale Those are our two things that we focus on. And so from a scale standpoint, the events, once we do them once and we do it well, we're actually able to to replicate that. And so then we can hold that event again and hold that event again. And so it's it's allowing us to scale in terms of reutilizing assets that we already have and being able to have that marketing funnel and that marketing plan and be able to reutilize that and and continue to grow that particular target market that we're looking at, continue to, to grow whatever our end goal is. And we have one event that we run right now and I've got one person that runs it. Mm-hmm. I don't 
I don't even touch it anymore. What, like we have, we've gotten the processes down so well that he's able to just take everything, run it. And all I do is do the first conversation with the client of, yep, you're on the calendar. And the last conversation with the client of, yes, everything went well. Oh, that's fantastic. And so they really do allow you to scale and, and to take something that is repetitive that you can build into your business. And then in terms of, in terms of growth, I mean, they just give us so much more access to people than we mm. had before, which we've always had it. We just didn't think about it, right? And so it really just allows people to really expand that reach for their audience mm -hmm. and get their message out to more people. That's fantastic. So in terms of like a small business, how often should they be doing these? Or do you have like a calendar based on industry or? We don't. It really depends on what their goal is for the event. Okay. So if they're looking to grow brand awareness, for example, and they're looking to maybe build their list, you know, they're kind of looking at the front end of that journey. We usually recommend doing something probably twice a year when they're first starting, just for them to kind of get their feet wet and start really getting those processes down. But we have, we have other people that they're doing something every month. And it's, again, it's just a matter of getting their message out to more people. But they're pretty much doing the same event, but they target different groups. So it's new to those groups, yeah. if that makes sense. And so it's the same message, it's the same event, it's, you know, something that they can replicate, but then they're changing who their target is and, and sending that out to different groups so it's new. That's awesome. I keep on talking about the presentation, but you actually showed this slide where it was just completely full of types of virtual <laughs> events. And I was like, I hadn't even thought about that. And that was only some of them. That was only some of them. <laughs> so in terms of that list, which was probably, I don't know, 30? Yeah, uh, it was probably 30, yeah. What would you say are the top, say, five? virtual events that you've kind of run or seem to be effective? So if we're looking at doing an event for your external clients, product launches are great. Mm. It's a great way to get your product out in front of the store or in front of uh, clients. I was talking to a couple of store owners yesterday oh, okay. and we were talking about even with retail, do an online product launch of what clothes are coming out, right? And put everything together on the mannequin and, and show that and let it be an event that only if you attend this event can you purchase this stuff early, right? Mm -hmm. And for me, who's a mannequin shopper, if you put everything on the mannequin, I'm going to buy everything from the earrings to the shoes, right? Mm -hmm. So that's a great way for them to kind of, you know, do a product launch. When we're talking internal employees, we do a lot of events between sales and marketing meetings, quarterly reviews, strategic vision, those type, types of things, because companies don't, they forget that they should be doing events for their employees. And then we do some mixed ones as well, where maybe we have our internal employees meeting with our buyers, mm. for example, and they're telling them what's coming up in the next six months and making sure that they're on board with what they want to sell them and all of those different things. So they, they kind of fall into those three buckets mm -hmm. of just either internal out for your clients or prospects, and then a combination of the two. And then you get the traditional things like you know virtual summits and conferences and things like that as well. That's awesome. Uh, do you have a favorite of the, the types that you run? Oh, I like the conferences. They're okay. big, right? Um, they're super complicated. You've got three, five, eight concurrent sessions running at the same time. We have one coming up in two weeks that we have, gosh, I think we have, it's five days, and over the five days, we have about 120 presentations. Oh, wow. 
And then we have, you know, within those presentations, we're running, you know, four, five, six concurrent sessions at a time. Wow. That's super impressive. So, <laughs> so there's a lot of, of moving parts and pieces that you're, you're juggling during the event and making sure that you have your attendees and all of that stuff. We, we have another one that we do once a year that it's 1,800 attendees and it's 25 tracks. Wow. And everybody That's... gets assigned different tracks depending on their role in the organization. So it's not even they get to pick their own, which is a lot easier. You just put them up there and they can pick and choose. But these we have to actually assign them. And, of course, everybody gets access to something different. So I have no idea what that ex exponential math is. But, <laughs> That's um, a lot. I don't really want to know what the exponential math is on oh that one. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I think for a lot of you know businesses, they think like, oh, I'm doing a, a little event. I'm just going to make a Zoom link and shoot it out to 500 people and right. we'll figure it out at that point. Do you want to talk about kind of the complications that that actually holding one of these events actually entail yeah and it doesn't matter whether you have 10 people or 10,000 people right you can hold both in a, on a zoom link and we use zoom for a lot of things but a couple of things that like tools like zoom and, and ms teams don't allow us to do is some of that customization hmm. and the branding and things like that so that's why we'll sometimes move to the other platforms but when you're looking at them you have to figure out how you're going to do engagement that's the biggest thing engagement and networking and so whatever platform you use has to allow for that and we have you know a lot of the platforms have kind of the traditional you know you can do a poll you can raise your hand you can put something in the chat but if you're looking for some more engagement and some more interaction than that that's when you have to start looking at these other platforms so that you can incorporate that in and the more interaction and engagement opportunities that you have for them the better your event's going to be that's fantastic. So we, we love events because it's a one-to-many conversation, mm -hmm. but we don't want it to be a one-to-many interaction, if that makes sense. That does make sense. You know, you want the many to be able to come back and interact with people. And when we're talking hybrid events, you want the, the people who are in, in person to also be able to interact with the people who are online. And that gets super complicated mm -hmm. from a technology standpoint and from an AV standpoint. Yeah, I think I my experience with virtual events or helping was I helped produce one where a company in 2020, they were about to launch a meetup space where they had an office that you could rent the offices to meet, and they launched in January 2020. So they were having difficulties and decided to pivot to do virtual event hosting. So the one we did was actually, I think there was like six speakers, and we had all the things set up, and we had to switch cameras to, I mean, it was... It was so much work, and there was like six of us working to, you know, coordinate the whole thing and try to keep it running the whole time. So do you do that type of setup as well, where you're actually, everybody's in the same room, or? Yes. Yeah, we have a control room or a war room, depending on what, what preference of terms <laughs> you like. Some people don't like the war room reference, but it's exactly what it is. But yeah, so we do everything from the strategy on the front end to production to post-event. And so we'll, on some of these bigger events, that's when we bring in the AV companies and we've got RoboCams and, and all of that craziness and stage builds and everything else that goes on with, you know, some of these higher professional looking mm -hmm. type events. And then my team, God bless them. Um, they're the ones who are doing the switching and I don't know how they do it. Like I, because they're going back and forth between having the speaker up there and then having the slides up there. And then we're playing a video. And then all of a sudden we have five people that they're switching back and forth. And it's amazing to watch for them to be able to control all of those different scenes and views within the event. But that's where the professional look of the event comes. 
is when you do have somebody that's actually controlling what's on screen, what's coming next, and controlling audio and, and video levels and boosting up audio if we've got somebody who's quiet and mm-hmm. taking that background noise when the kid is cr- screaming in the background and you the know, dog barking cutting cutting <laughs> to something else when the the little kid that was taking the bath is running around naked behind the speaker <laughs> and yeah i mean events are crazy right virtual events anything happens so having somebody that can sit there and do all of that switching and, and control is is really helpful that's awesome another thing you talked about were the the kind of analytics you can get which i was kind of surprised the amount of tracking that you could do in terms of people being on the screen or off the screen interacting right. what are kind of the the group of stats that you get the helpful stuff when you host an event yeah when we do virtual we can track just about anything and it depends on the platform you're using mm-hmm. um, but we can tell you how many people are in a session we can tell you how long they stayed in a session we can tell you if they're downloading files if they're downloading videos if they're in the chat area if they're putting you know putting posts in the discussion forum and if they're requesting meetings with other attendees, if they're actually having meetings, video one-on-one meetings with other attendees. And then for our events that we have sponsors and exhibitors, we can track, you know, how many people are in their booth, how many people are hopping into a video meeting with them, how many people are watching their videos and for how long. <laughs> so there's a lot of things that we can give people in terms of analytics and metrics at a virtual event that we can't do in a live setting. If I walk by a booth here at Traffic and Conversion and pick up a brochure, nobody knows I did it. They have no way to follow up with me. But I know when somebody picks up a brochure in a virtual booth, and and that's a lead for my sponsor, and they they can then contact them. That's fantastic. In terms of the the sponsors, how do you kind of set that up with giving them FaceTime? Like, do they present, or they just have their own little button off to the side to find out more, or how's that work? Yeah, so it just depends on on that particular event and what the client wants. But usually, they have their own virtual booth mm. that allows them to put their you know marketing materials in there, their description, any downloadable materials, things like that. A couple of the platforms that we use have the ability for people to actually request meetings with them, hop into a Zoom room with them, and have an actual conversation. Mm which is great. And then depending on the event, sometimes they will sponsor a session. So you'll see a session that says sponsored by, and then some of them they'll actually present. So it just depends on how the sponsorship packages that the client actually sells to them. Oh, super cool. So actually the the whole concept for me is terrifying to (laughs) to do the events I did. I used to manage booths at expos and that's hard enough just to coordinate the amount of stuff you have to do. And I know uh, you mentioned that you're introverted. Yeah. I am, believe it or not. <laughs> Nobody ever believes that, but I am. <laughs> well, running events, it's almost the most social thing you can do. So is it, like for me, It's it takes a lot of energy. Is it the same way for you, or do you kind of get energetic when you are hosting the event or running it? It takes an incredible amount of energy. You get a lot of adrenaline going when you're in, in the event, right? Um, and then you get done with the event, and then you realize how exhausted you are. <laughs> and then you want to sleep for like a week, which never is allowed. But but it does. It takes a lot of energy, but it's a, it's a lot of fun. Events are exciting. They're crazy. They're, you know, last-minute changes from the clients happen all the time. And you just have to kind of roll with the punches. And then when you bring technology into that, then you have to really know that you have to just expect anything to happen, right? And everything that you plan for to happen all of those things will be great. Like we always have a backup stream, knock on wood, we haven't had to use it yet, <laughs> right? But we always have one. But then something crazy will happen that you couldn't possibly plan for and you just roll with the punches and make it up as you go. And 
it's great. Half of the time, the client doesn't even know that we did it. Something wow. and something was going wrong. And my hair is turning gray and falling out on the back end, but they have no idea that something happened because you just, you, you take care of it. Yeah. And it's the same with live events. It's just a different, you know, it's a little bit different because of the technology. Mm-hmm. So. Well, yeah. I'd imagine for, yeah, I, I just keep on going back to the nightmares of setting up the <laughs> event and then hosting the events. Virtual, I think, just that extra tech component is so complicated that I would always want to hire somebody to do it <laughs> otherwise yeah. people just I'd, I'd imagine they just skip it right like they just avoid events altogether because they're hard and they don't want to get into it but i think for you your service is not just okay we're going to make take the the difficulty out of hosting the event you also help them promote and build up the attendance for the events correct yes we can absolutely do that for any of the internal events it's a little bit different those are invited folks but then for the other ones you know that are more client facing or prospect facing then yeah we can absolutely help them market them and even with the internal events we really work with them to make sure that people are showing up Mm -hmm. what's a good attendance rate for say a a public type event say product launch for people who say they're going versus people who actually show up do you have percentages or averages based on we are seeing it depends on how well they, they marketed it and how well they got people excited about it. Mm. But we, we get really happy when we have about a 40 to 50% oh, wow. turnout rate. That's fantastic. Um, that makes us really, really happy. With internal events, events, it's a little bit easier to control because, you know, people may not be required to come, but they're still going to come. Mm-hmm. But even with those, I mentioned one yesterday, we, we had 987 employees that were invited. They were not required to go whatsoever. Hmm. It was just an event for them. But we tracked, you know, who had logged in, who had not logged in. And we, we kept sending them, in, you know, emails to say, hey, don't forget, come make your profile, all of those fun <laughs> things. And a couple of days before the event, everybody who still had not logged in, um, we picked up the phone and called them. Wow. And said, hey, we're so excited for you to come to this. These are the reasons you want to come. You don't want to miss it. All of these different things. And so we ended up with, of the 987, I think it was 968 showed up. We had a 96% turnout rate for the event. That's fantastic. And it was all because we picked up the phone and got people excited. Mm -hmm. So as much as we all love digital marketing and email marketing and online marketing, sometimes we just got to pull the phone out of the pocket and pick up pick up the phone and call people yeah do the work yeah that's I, I worked with a lot of small businesses and when they had events i was kind of i always prefaced it with you'll have about a 20 percent show up right people right. say they're coming but like about 20 percent will actually show right. up so yeah 40 to 50 percent yeah that's, that's when we get really excited with that mm-hmm. and obviously if they pay you get a better percentage of people that are coming if yeah. it's a free event then you're going to get a little bit lower on that so Oh, super cool. So if somebody say a marketing agency and where would you go for them if they said, Hey, we want to get into events or get some new prospects from say small businesses. What would you, what type of event do you think they should start with in terms of virtual? For them, I would probably say a workshop. Mm. You know, it's a way to get people in the door to give them some value add with a, a quick win, right? Where they can do something at the workshop that gives them a really quick win. It shows them that the agency has the expertise that they're looking for. And then it also gives them some time to actually spend with the agency, which is going to move us in that no light trust phase mm-hmm. a lot faster. So workshops work really well for agencies on the front end. Oh, that's fantastic. And then product lunches for the small businesses or right. even service lunches, I'd imagine, are a good thing to talk about. Right. A digital marketer, we're adjusting things every so often, but... We haven't done events for it. So now right. I'm thinking, oh, we should 
we should add events to that list. Well, and even experiential events, right? So if we have somebody that's, we, we have wineries that do virtual Ooh. wine tastings or companies that do virtual uh, whiskey tasting, virtual bartending classes. So experiences are really popular with people as well because it's something different. And then you're bringing in all of your senses. So instead of just sight and hearing, which is what we normally get on the online experience, then you're bringing in taste and smell and tactile. And anytime we can bring all five senses into that, you're going to have a more experiential event. Oh, that's super cool. If people want to find out more about uh, your business and maybe get involved, what could they do next? So they can either connect with me on LinkedIn um, or they can go to myvirtualevent.pro and connect with me there. Uh, we always start with a conversation. I'm always absolutely happy to answer questions for people and you know start guiding them down the right path. Um, even if they're doing something on their own. So they're welcome to connect with me and ask questions. Fantastic. Well, thank you for coming on. Thank you for your presentation the other day. That was very informative. And hopefully we'll be talking soon about hosting our event, which Perfect. I need to start planning. There you go. Thanks so much. Hey, Ryan Dice here. You know, it's been a while since I've run the day-to-day -day for Digital Marketer, the company that Roland and I are partners in. Fortunately, we have a great team and great partners who help us with all that nitty-gritty stuff now. But the one thing that we focused on while I was there and the one thing the team still focuses on to this day is optimizing everything. I'm talking testing everything from the sales copy to the color of the checkout button. Testing like this can have a huge impact on your bottom line, but the truth is it takes a lot of time and a lot of resources. And half the time we were just throwing stuff against the wall just to kind of see what stuck. But the good news is you don't have to figure everything out on your own anymore. And that's because our friends at Conversion Fanatics have optimized hundreds of sites in all types of industries from small startups to Fortune 500s. And now they can handle all your testing and optimization for you too. So if you feel stuck when it comes to optimizing your website, go and visit conversionfanatics.com and they'll give you a list of custom suggestions to optimize your site 100% free. Once again, you can find them at conversionfanatics.com. All right, guys, we are back for another lightning round with Lisa. And this is Hector Santista. I am taking over this round while Mark sits outside in the traffic and conversion <laughs> Scooby Doo van. And we're here with, with Lisa and the lightning round Lisa is really just a series of easy fun questions and the goal is to answer it in 60 seconds or less. Sound good? Sounds great. First question is, is, what is your favorite marketing book or resource? I actually love the book Traction. It's all about scaling your company and it's one of my favorites. Question number two, what's the best piece of marketing advice you've ever received? To trust my gut. As many people as we have offering expertise, it doesn't always fit. And so somebody the one day said, you'll know, trust your gut. If it doesn't feel right, don't do it. Third question. Next one. What app do you find yourself using the most? Actually, LinkedIn. I use it for B2B connections every day, multiple times a day. What social media platform do you enjoy using the most? Personally, I'm on Facebook all the time, so I'm still a Facebook girl. 
What's the most effective piece of marketing you've seen recently? Actually, here, I've been watching a few things in San Diego. And one of the things I've loved seeing is how ClickUp is everywhere. So they're on the trains. trains, There's signs everywhere. You know, they're here at TNC. They just have a great presence right now. And I love seeing kind of that traditional marketing coming through. Last one. Where do you find your inspiration for your business, products, or ideas? It really comes from a heart of service. So I want to be there to, it always sounds corny, but I want to be there to help businesses grow and for them to scale. And so everything that we do is, is coming from a heart of service and how are we helping people? And that's where all of our inspiration comes from. So Lisa, thank you so much for hanging out with us today and can't wait to see you uh, at our next TNC. Perfect. I can't wait. Hey, DM listeners, if you're running a Black Friday or Cyber Monday special, listen up, because Digital Marketer just released our Canva holiday promo pack. It includes almost 200 templates that you can use to make the graphics for all your upcoming holiday specials and three unique design themes for each holiday. The promo pack is usually $27, but you can get it today for free. Check the show notes for the link to download, or you can go directly to digitalmarketer.com forward slash LP forward slash holiday templates. That's digitalmarketer.com forward slash LP forward slash holiday templates.